This is Faster, a podcast by Flow Cycling. In each episode, we interview industry experts to educate you, challenge you, and even change the way you train so you become faster. What do you do with all the data you collect while riding your bike? Most cyclists upload it to Strava, where they compare themselves to the leaderboard. In a lot of cases, this can be demotivating. The breakaway is using your data to help you compare yourself to yourself. They're analyzing your power data and providing actionable next steps to help you improve. You're given a ranking based on your age and sex so you can see where you stand with people that are relative to you. They also have an eight-week rolling average on data analysis, so you aren't continually comparing yourself to what you could do in the past. The goal is to motivate you to be your best today. With integrations to most of the major platforms and workout recommendations, Breakaway is meant to be your cycling fitness dashboard when you're not riding. Listen to this episode to learn how to use your data and results to motivate yourself so you can become faster. When we're not creating this podcast, we're working on other ways to make you faster. At Flow, we design and manufacture some of the world's fastest cycling wheels that we sell consumer direct to keep more money in your pockets. As a special thank you for listening to Faster, we wanted to offer you 20% off your next purchase. Simply use coupon code PODCAST in all capital letters at checkout. Your purchase will also support our Give Back initiatives. 1% of all sales supports our Bike for a Kid program, where we provide bikes and helmets for kids in need. We also plant one tree for every wheel we ship as a thank you to our planet. Enjoy the show. Jordan and Christian, welcome to Faster. We're super excited to have you on here today. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Yeah, thanks, John. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks, dude. Hey. Great, to, great to hear from you. Yeah, so kind of a funny story. You know, a good buddy of ours, Ryan Cooper, uh, I was talking to him and he said, hey, I've been, I was just chatting with these guys. Uh, these guys are doing this cool thing called the, the Breakaway, which is a new app that you guys have started in cycling. And I said, oh, cool. So then I reached out to you and then I think it was like a little while later, but you guys just talked to Ryan again. And it's like we were basically kind of, we had this conversation going on between the three of us that we didn't even know was really going on. Um, yeah, there's like cool a 36-hour period there where we were all talking to each other before we had talked yeah. to each other. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, you know, we've, uh, yeah, exactly. So you guys kind of have a, a cool story, but I want to start with your backgrounds first. So tell me a little bit about each of you and what brought you to what you're doing now. Yeah, sweet. I think, um, yeah, most people know Christian, nobody knows me. Um, but, uh, so my background, you know, I've been a cyclist all my life. Um, I did my first century when I was 10 years old with my dad. I met Christian in the late nineties in Boulder when I moved there to try and be a bike racer and you get to train and ride with guys like Christian, you realize pretty quickly whether whether or not you have a shot at being a bike racer. And I did not have a shot at being a bike racer. So I got into startups. Um, and so I've been doing startups and tech in the Bay Area for the last, oh, God, probably close to 20 years. Um, I was one of the first 10 users or so on Strava. So it was early on that, kind of figuring out what that platform was going to be. Uh, wound up being an early employee and have been kind of around fitness and technology for the better part of the last decade. Now I'm now now I live with my wife and daughter in the mountains and um, work when I'm not hanging out with them I'm working on the breakaway. One of the first ten at Strava. That's pretty cool. It was it was real. I mean, there's so many early stories and it's still just amazing to see what that what that thing has become and continues to be. But yeah, in the early days there was a handful of us. Um, my actual Strava user number is 30, but the 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 urban legend is that the first, you know, 10 or 15 account numbers kind of failed as they were building them. Cause we were literally the ones where someone was, you know, manually having to hack and create a new account. So I don't know whether it's, you know, 
user first 10 or first 20, but my, my official Strava user number is 30. Um, and in the early days, yeah, there was a handful of us riding in the Bay Area, uploading, um, you know, the founders at Strava who I knew said, would you ride with this GPS? And I said, no, it's horrible. That thing's enormous. Um, I had the little like old Avocet bike computer, right? I'm not putting that giant thing on my handlebar. And I literally was like, well, if I put it in my jersey, will it connect to the satellite? They're like, I don't know, give it a try. Um, and so <laughs> I, I rode with that thing for for a while and we were plugging them into our computers and uploading and giving, giving customer feedback. And um, yeah, it's kind of, again, now they're, you know, almost 100 million users. It's amazing, amazing to look at that. Do you remember what year that was? 2000, was my first Strava ride is in, I, I do because I can look at Strava, uh, 2009. Yeah. Wow, yeah. man, that's, uh, I remember when I first started hearing about it. So we started Flow in 2012 was our, I guess, I mean, first, first sales were in 2012, but I remember learning about Strava and it was, I mean, it was still kind of in its infancy at that point. I was like, oh, this is, I don't, I didn't quite, I didn't really look into it, but I didn't quite really get it. And then yeah. I remember like, it just out of nowhere was like Strava, Strava, everyone was Strava. And I looked into it and I'm like, oh, I kind of get what they're doing now. But it was, it was so early. It was, it was even early in the days of like you know, just kind of like social media. And so to have like this complete social cycling, I mean, it was really cool. I mean, they've done a phenomenal job over at Strava. It's, it's brilliant. Yeah, agreed, agreed. All right, so yep. Christian, let's hear a little bit about you. <laughs> yeah, you're up, man. Uh, I was going to start saying how Jordan convinced me to download my stuff onto Strava. Oh, that, that's, that's, we should maybe, tell that story. Yeah, maybe eventually. That was, that was pretty good, actually. Um <laughs> Uh, I was born into a cycling family. My my dad was a two-time Olympian and one of the bad guys in breaking away. Um, so I pretty much, that's all I wanted to be since I could ride a bike at three or four years old. Uh, was a professional for 16 years over in Spain. Um, retired, went back to Chicago and realized Chicago was not the place for me. Um, came down to Greenville, South Carolina. So that's where my wife and two kids live now and now work with NBC as an analyst for the Tour de France, the Olympics, and a few other races that some people may or may not have heard of, but mostly all the ASO races and for the, yeah. through the Tour de France. So, and then, of course, doing this with Jordan is a, kind of a COVID project that started up, and he gave me an ultimatum, you're in or out, and the last minute is like, okay, yeah, well, what else do I got to do? I'm just sitting here hanging out. Let's go. So it's been a, it's been a, a fun venture. Awesome. So you guys met, and how did the breakaway get started? Yeah, so we met, uh, I mean, I've known Christian for 20 some odd years now, um, and we've been, you know, stayed in touch over the years. It's funny, I think over the, when you were racing, Christian, we probably talked more during the Tour de France than we did the rest of the year, because you were always, like, stuck in hotels, I felt like you were always, like, stuck in hotels and stuff. Um, but, you know, so we, we kept in touch, and, and the real, I mean, the genesis for the breakaway was kind of two aha moments for me kind of leading into to 2021 was the first time my family, we moved to uh, Truckee, California here in, in the mountains and I had to ride inside um, in like 2018, 2019. It was my first winter inside in 20 years, right? I lived in the Bay Area and you can ride year round. And so I got into Zwift and Peloton and kind of had two things happen. One was I got really fit. Um, you know, we, we had a Peloton first and, um, I was super against it. I was like, you know, I told my wife, there's no way I'm riding that thing. Or, you know, Christian will tell you the story of when I gave him a hard time for being a Peloton instructor. I was just as a bike racing snob. I was like, you got to be kidding me. With this he called, you know? John, he was calling me like, what's happened with your life? You're a sellout now. I mean, you've done the Tour de France how many times and you're doing spin classes? I was. Yeah. True story. You know, um, but so here we are in the winter. It's our first winter here in Truckee was a big winter. So it's just it's dumping out. 
And so I, you know, get my butt on the Peloton. This instructor starts yelling and I did a few workouts. But then I, my first bike ride in the spring of that year, I saw numbers I hadn't seen in a decade. Um, you know, my, I mean, I was, I was fit from doing 30 minute, I mean, 30 minute workouts. And so, I mean, I literally called, I, you know, I had the benefit of calling people like Christian and other folks in the industry going like, what's going on here? And we just, I mean, it's, it's not rocket science, right? It's like, well, when was the last time you did intervals in the Bay area three times a week, right? I was riding a ton, but I wasn't focused. Um, and so that was one thing where I was like, huh, if I, you know, I have a, I'm not nearly at Christian's level, but I have a decent background in the sport. If I can see that kind of improvement from just a little bit of focus, what could this do for other people? Like, does everyone know about this? Um, and that was, that was the first one. And then as I started playing around with it and looking at the data and just seeing all this stuff come out, I, I just, I saw some parallels to what happened early on in the Strava days with GPS data and what's happening now in terms of people just getting siloed and all this information out there that, that none of it's actually coming together to just tell you how to improve, right? There's, there's date, you know, we've all got, if you're, if you're focused on fitness, you've got multiple apps on your phone. Um, you know, I currently today have, you know, everything from Strava to Aura to Garmin to Zwift, right? Um, and it's all, it's all amazing. There's, there's an insane amount of data, but none of it's actually coming together to answer the question of what should I do today? And so that, that was really the genesis, um, started tinkering around Christian. I talked about it early on, um, started tinkering around in, I guess, summer, fall of 2020, um, grabbed, uh, my co-founder, uh, Kyle Yugawa. He was one of the first, um, mobile designers, product people at Strava. Um, we all had day jobs, so we were all kind of nights and weekends hustling this thing. And then, yeah, there was a moment Christian was kind of giving feedback, but he was busy doing stuff. It was summer. And then, yeah, I think it was fall. I remember standing outside my garage, Christian, it was snowing. Um, and I was like, dude, we're doing this. Are you in or out? I need to know. Um, and that was, yeah, that was November. And then, um, I don't know, Christian, what did I miss in there? No, nothing much, uh, especially, especially the beginning part of, of what the what's next as well with Peloton. Because you had gotten to a point of, you know, how can I get better now? On the, how am I, am I, yeah. Obviously, it's working, this Peloton, and doing high-intensity rides. How can I find better rides? And so what's the best way to populate the best rides that'd be good for me to get better? And so I think that was a little bit what you missed out, but that's about it. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, there was that moment where I'd been on the Peloton for a year, year and a half. I was coming to my second winter. I'm like, okay, I know intervals are good, but, and I know I like some instructors better than others, you know, and I started using Zwift as well. And I was like, but what, like, even, you know, again, even with some background in the sport, I was still like, well, I don't know, two days a week, four days a week, like big intervals, long intervals. What should I do? Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to jump into that answer to that question first, but you guys have something that's pretty cool. You guys went to Y Combinator, which people who are listening may not know what Y Combinator is, but it's this, it's this, like an incubator program out of the Bay Area. It's known for startups like Airbnb, Instacart, like some of the huge major groups, and you guys were accepted into that incubator program. Tell us a little bit about that experience. Yeah, that was, I mean, it was an amazing experience um, and still is to be part of the Y Combinator community. You know, we, uh, one of my good friends and advisors in the business, former Strava colleague, had gone through it and he was like, you guys should apply. Um, and again, I was like, you know, okay, we'll apply. We're not going to get it. Um, but uh, I mean, it really was, I think, from, you know, if I, if I equate it to bike racing, right, it's like getting the opportunity to go to a training camp with team Scott, with one of the best teams in the world, right. Where you're just that focused for a select period of time. So, you know, the opportunity, once we got in to say, Hey, let's take three months and just dedicate everything to it. Um, was a pretty unique opportunity and it was kind of like boot camp. You know, they just, it was, 
a combination of, you know, feedback on the product, feedback on what we're doing, coaching, guidance, you know, um, I think if you're, if you're any kind of, of an athlete with any level of success, you have to like being coached. You have to like feedback. Um, and that's what it is, right? I mean, I, I want feedback on how do I get fitter? I want feedback on how can I be better, you know, in business in my life. And this was a way to go into feedback from some of the best in the world. Awesome. Well, that's great. That's a, that's a really cool experience. I'm glad you guys get to go through that. All right. Let's answer the, you know, the basics behind breakaway. And I think it's, you know, you guys had this, all these thoughts, you know, how are we going to do this? You're starting to tinker around. Give us what you kind of came up with. What is a 30,000 foot view of the app? How does it work? And what problem is it that you're really trying to solve with the app? Yeah. So today, the way it works is we sync with data that's out there. So connect today, we connect with Peloton, Zwift, Garmin, uh, and Wahoo. We pull your data down. We give you an assessment. So we rank you across 12, 12 power skills. Um, you need power data to use it today. So 12 power skills from 15 seconds all the way up to 60 minutes in duration. And then we benchmark you against what's possible for you at your age, your gender, and your weight. So this isn't, it's not a leaderboard. It's not the people on the breakaway. It's truly what is, you know, what's world-class, what's sport level, what's beginner level for a male at a certain age of a certain weight or a female at a certain age or a certain weight. That's the beginning of it. And then we, then we work to just educate you about what's going on with your fitness and give you workout recommendations. Um, you know, really the, the, the vision here is that this becomes the, the app that you wake up and you look at in the morning and it says, good morning, John, it's Monday, October 13th, based on your indoor and outdoor riding for the last few weeks and your recovery. Today's a good day for this. And this might be a Zwift ride because we know that it's 25 degrees where you live. It might be an outdoor ride because you've got Garmin connected and we know that it's 85 degrees where you live. Uh, it might be a specific workout because we think you're ready for intensity, uh, or it might be recovery. Hey, you're, you know, you're overloaded and here's, you know, today might be a good day. Um, but we still let you do it. We're not a, it's not a training plan. We're not giving you, here's your workout for Wednesday. Um, I'm not a believer in seven day week training plans for people long-term. Um, if I'm going to go do Leadville, if I'm going to sign up for Leadville, which is on my bucket list. Um, I'm going to probably get a coach and a training plan, right? Cause that's, I want to go have a good, good effort there. And that's going to be six months of my life where my wife's going to be upset with me. Um, <laughs> but I'm not going to live the next 10 years of my life that way. Right, right, right. That makes a lot of sense. So, I mean, the app is really meant to be used. You know, I was going to ask the question, is it meant like, is it pre-ride or post-ride? It's kind of like, it's kind of all, I mean, you're using it post-ride to put the data in, but then pre-ride, you're taking a look to see what's going on. You're also analyzing results after it's kind of like a everyday it's like a status update of your, your fitness and your, in your writing. Is that, is that the best way to describe it? I think that's a great way to describe it. Yeah. I mean, that's the hope, right? Is that, um, it's not about, you know, it's not a social platform. Like there's a, there's a social platform for cycling out there. It's called Strava, right? Um, yep. no, but it is that kind of daily check-in, right? That, that way to it's see like a dashboard. What, what should I do today? How am I doing? Um, yeah, I mean the core, when you, you know, you asked about the core problem and I always go back to the real customer problem that we are solving is just the answer to the question of what should I do today? What should I do today? I like that. That's a, that's very simple, right? Um, how do you bring, how do you import the data? Is it automatic or do you have to like go manually do it? How does it work? We, so you sign in with your credentials from those platforms, right? So if you come on with, you know, you've got Garmin data, um, you'll sync your Garmin account, right? Um, same with with same with, same with Wahoo and so forth. Oh, so it's just an integration. You're exactly. tying directly in, and so then it just imports exactly. everything for you. Yeah. Oh, very and cool. we'll, add, we'll add more and more connections over time. 
Um, but yeah, we're trying to make that as easy as possible. I mean, one of the interesting things in data out there today is just that, you know, there's, I mean, again, there's so much data out there. And I think the really, I think we're in the early stages of that data being portable and then people doing different things with it. Um, it's kind of like the early day. I kind of liken it to the early days of banking data when, you know, companies like Mint were some of the first that were out there to kind of pull all your financial data together and, you know, show you your portfolio. Right. Um, yeah. So I think we're in the or early Zillow. days. Or Zillow's, yeah. yeah yep. like, you know, like you can pull all this data together. Um, Christian, you got to tell the story, I think, of, of when you first downloaded the Strava, though, because that is worth that is worth telling. So so Jordan's been begging me to do this. And at that point in time, John, I was riding for a team called Garmin and Garmin was had Garmin Connect and they and Strava was the enemy. Right. So I couldn't have a Strava account, let alone it was quite obvious, even if so. Jordan made my name Jim McMahon because I was live in Chicago. And so I was Jim McMahon, number nine. And <laughs> I uploaded, so I had this Garmin. And th- at that point in time, I, I had a bunch of Garmin's, but this one I had actually used for all the races, all the training. I would, I would travel with it. And geez, I don't know how many grand tours I had on it and classics and training rides. Um, and at that point in time, no pro tour riders were riding with this, right? So I plugged it in and I just walked away and I didn't think anything of it. I swear to God, it said, I think it gave me a timeline. It was going to take like 10 hours to download all this. And I'm sure the API wasn't so fast at the time. Long story short, it was downloading like 20,000 kilometers of rides and races all over the world. So I had KOMs all over the earth at that point in time, right? For everything, there was yeah. a seg- if there was a segment, I had it. And <laughs> I was losing my mind. I was like texting Jordan every minute on the minute, like shut it down, shut it down, shut it down. Like I, I, I thought I was going to get fired, right? From, from, from Garmin. <laughs> and, and, and so Jordan saved the text thread just because he, he took some screenshots of it, just of, of me panicking, absolutely panicking for a long time. And it, it's funny, but it, at the same time, it's, it's quite sad because I don't have any of that data anymore, you know, because I just, we just wiped it clean and I wiped, you know, ended up wiping out my Garmin as well. So, and he made me remove it from Strava. Yeah, it made a reason. Oh. And, and he's like, are you sure you just want to keep like <laughs> five to ten rides in here? I mean, this Altuez <laughs> one's kind of nice and from 08, you know, and this and Hauticom maybe, you know, and Perinese. No, it was gone. Um, yeah, I, that does hurt in hindsight. But, yeah, that was that was with the early days. Yeah, it, and it was yeah, easily 10 to 12 hours that was going to take to download on whatever I mean, connection I have. John, wow. I'm looking. I'm looking at a screenshot because I saved it. So I have a screenshot here. It's <laughs> August seventh. It's August seventh, two thousand eleven. Okay. There are, I can. It, it scrolls down, but I can visually see six voicemails like every four minutes because I was, <laughs> I was, I was. I was. I remember it was, it was a holiday. I was camping with some friends, so I was offline and literally. And it's the old school iPhone screenshot where like all the buttons look shiny in the iPhone UX, right? Um, and there's, it's just, a, he literally was calling me every five minutes. Like, dude, you got to take, like, and there's like the transcriptions there is like, dude, 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 you got to do this. Like, I mean, it, it was, it was a panic. panic. It was panic. Pan- it was I mean, panic. dude, yeah. You thought you were going to get fired. Yeah. Yeah. It's reasonable. Oh man. That's a good story. That is a funny story. That's too bad you lost all that data. I, I bet you some of those cams would still exist. I mean, I don't, I, I don't know I, about I just, that, but I mean, cams are now with, with 21, 22 year old, you know, Teddy Pagacho does it for, for breakfast, you know, he, with the yeah. speeds of these all, all these guys go these days. I mean, I'm, I'm incredibly proud for the, some of the things I did, but like I'm just in awe of what the new generation is doing right now. Oh, it's insane! That's like all sports are that way. It's, it's you got it. You got it. Unbelievable. 
All right, let's talk a little bit more detailed questions about the app. So let's say we get a user, they sign up. What are you gathering from them when they first come in as far as about themselves and what else do you gather? Yeah, so I mean, where we differ from most fitness apps, if you think about fitness apps, right, you sign up and if anyone's gone through and like tried a fitness app out, they, they have a general kind of flow that they have to take, that they have to take you through to be able to help you, right? So they'll say they want some, you know, do all the account stuff. Then they want some information, you know, your, your age, your gender, um, your weight, right? What are your goals? Where, you know, how many times a week do you work out? They, they, they want to start to build a sense of that. Um, so the, the cool thing for us is we, we can know all that by syncing your data, right? So right away we pull in, we know that you're, you know, male or female. We know that you're, um, uh, you know, we know your weight if you have it in any of these platforms. Um, we have your 12 months, we pull about 12 months of history. So we get a quick look at your strengths and weaknesses and we actually rank you across three different categories in cycling. So sprinting, shorter efforts, attacking medium efforts, and then kind of climbing endurance, those longer efforts, right? And so we immediately can, can give you an assessment and that's, that's honestly been one of the more early satisfying things. It was one of the first things we built um, and seeing people, you know, in the beginning days, right, it's, it's our friends and family signing up for the product, right? Um, but seeing people who we knew who had, you know, pretty deep backgrounds, been riding bikes for a long time, sign on and be like, oh my God, you just, you know, I kind of always felt like I was better at the shorter efforts, but no one's ever called me. A sp- I mean, I had one friend who's like, dude, you called me a sprinter. That's awesome, right? Like you told, yeah. me, you told me I'm good at something. Um, which is, which was, you know, really satisfying for us, obviously, because we just want to build something that people love. But it was also, again, like that aha moment of like, oh, there's so much data. No one's just saying, hey, John, guess what? This is what you're strong at. This is what you're weak at, right? Um, and so right now, you know, the, the core data that we were working with today is power data. Um, you know, we started in cycling, you know, the, the vision for the breakaway is that, is that we'll work across endurance sports, um, right? We'll add running, we'll add um, rowing, you know, North Senior, all that stuff will be da- is and will continue to be data driven. We started in cycling for for two reasons. One, obviously, the the DNA of, of the team um, is is cycling driven. But two is that cycling as a sport, as an industry, is at a place now where there's enough data collection, there's enough people with that data um, that there's a meaningful number of people that we can go and, and kind of get good at this before we start expanding to other sports. Yeah, that makes total sense. Makes a lot of sense. So right now you guys are focusing on power. Do you have any plans for heart rate in the future? Yeah, we'll look at um, we'll look at heart rate. We'll look at just you know the goal is to be able to do this you know across all the data, uh, different experiences. If you've got power versus power and heart rate versus you know just just miles and elevation, right? But the, but the goal you know there'll be different ways to. I really kind of talk about like there'll be different ways to play the game, right? Because we want to make this fun. It's another one of our kind of core core tenants here. Um, you know. People who, you know, our customer, they ride bikes, but they, they want to just want to know how they're doing, right? It's not about being elite or not. It's about like, how am I doing? When you get on the bike, you're thinking like, how am I doing? Am I better than I was this week, this month, this time last year? Um, and if you're doing that, then there's tons of data out there that we can pull in, but we want to keep it fun because I think what's missing um, in the world is just, you know, I, I kind of always say training sucks, working out's fun right? A training plan. It's like, oh, you know, seven, oh, I'm supposed to do, you know, the number of times I hear from people who are not professionals, like I have to do this on Wednesday. I'm like, no, you don't. This is fun. Like no one has to yeah. do anything, you know? I mean, <laughs> exactly. you know what? And it's like, really, you have to, like, you know, if you're Christian back in the day, like you have to, like, that's your job. That's how you feed your family. Right. Um, that's different than the rest of us who are all just passionate about this. Like I don't have to do anything. I want to do it. 
Um, but if I know, and yeah, you know, and listen, intervals can be hard, but it's way different to go do intervals if you know that that workout's going to move you forward. That makes total sense. Do you guys have, or is it in the works that you have any uh, plans for a genetic component? So you look at a guy like Christian, obviously, and I've ridden with guys like Christian where you go out for a ride and you're like, I didn't know that was possible that a human could do that, you know? <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's, hor- I'm, it's horrible I, feeling, isn't it? I know. I, I'm like, I've always been a pretty athletic guy, you know, I'm pretty fit. And then, you know, but I'm not like, I feel like I'm one of those like athletes. It's kind of, I can, I can do most things. I do them well, but then I always, you find somebody who, who's like, like excels and you're like, I, there's no way I could ever do that. Like yeah. they're just, it's just, they're, they're a high, high level of, of athlete, you know? So how do you take that into consideration or will you take that into consideration in the future? Like maybe like VO2 work or some metabolic testing is, it's a really good question. I mean, it's an interesting question. You know, I, the way I explain my, my experience with, with Christian in the nineties being a boulder is, you know, I had aspirations of being a bike racer. And so I moved to boulder in the late nineties. And for those who maybe don't know, I mean, that was, you know, now all the, all the Euro pros are in, in Spain or, um, Europe, but back then they were still based in the U S and Boulder was kind of the place. So on any given ride, you're out there with, you know, 10 or 10 or 15, you know, world tour riders. Um, and you quickly realize that you're working, you know, I quickly realized that I'm working with a, you know, Ford F-150 chassis. Um, and you know, and, and I'm racing against, you know, F1, F1 drivers and yeah, I can soup that F-150 up all I want, but it's still a truck. Um, so I think, you know, it's an interesting question on the genetic the short answer is, is yeah, probably, um, there's, and this is back to like just the amount of data, you know? So when, when, when you're doing a startup, when you're doing what we're doing, like we're, we're building something for five to 10 years from now, right? This, you know, what we, you know, we continue to evolve, but we're really looking at where's the world going to be. And yeah, there's so much more data out there. I mean, it's the short one that I know Christian even has played around more than I have is on the, the, um, you know, continuous glucose monitoring side, Right. You're just already starting to get more data like that. So I think, yeah, absolutely. When we start thinking about metabolic rate, um, consumption, you know, you know, how does, how does nutrition plan and what does that do? Um, you know, will we take that into account and say that, well, Christian's ranked here, but because of his genetic makeup, you know, does that affect that anymore? That's a really, I don't, I honestly, I don't know. That's an interesting question. Um, yeah, maybe not the genetic side as much, John, but definitely you could tell through data and how if you've done hard enough rides that we have access to we could tell you yeah john you went out hard today and you're pretty much burning 80 percent sugars the entire time or the opposite side you had a nice chill ride where you went on total flat roads and you were burning 100 percent fat so you will probably will be able to do that in the not so far future um genetically that that, would, that is next frontier but yeah like you said jordan with the super sapiens um and the constant blood glucose monitors that that is you know, awe-inspiring, and it's just changing the way we really look at nutrition. I've been really fascinated about that continuous glucose monitoring. I got to get somebody like that on the podcast because that's a that's a fascinating new field to me that is could change a lot. Oh yeah, for sure. and we'll continue continue to. I'll I'll, uh, I'll put you in contact with those guys when we get offline. Oh, I would appreciate that, man. That would be they'd be great to have on the show for sure. You know, John, a big part of what we're doing. I mean, part of the reason. You know, part of the reason I wanted Christian involved in this from day one, I mean, part of it is because, you know, he's a good friend and, and, and I thought it'd be fun to do this. But a big part of it is what we're doing here is, you know, we're taking and what's 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 possible now and will only be more possible in the future. Right. Is we're taking 
access to and, and, and interpretation of information that was previously only available to the best in the world. And we're making that available to everyone. Like that's really part of the vision here. Right. So, I mean, you know, when Christian was writing, you know, I mean, how many Christian, I mean, how many people did you have working for and around you to give you information to improve? Oh right? God. In the years of, of multiplying all, all of that information that you gathered from 18 years old, all the way to when you're 36 still as being a pro. So it, it takes forever in a day. And now with data and how much we have just internet connection, you could be in the middle of nowhere and have access to your rider who's sitting on a mountaintop all by himself. So yeah, being able to really strain all that down and take the things that are quite easy, honestly, and just make them understand that in layman's terms and help them get better. Cause that's at the end of the day, that's all we want to do. And, you know, push them outside their, their comfort zone once in a while, see that they are stronger than they think they are. And then slowly, but surely they're going to almost Jedi mind trick them into learning ins and outs of cycling. Yeah. I love that. That's a, that's a, it's very cool what you guys are doing. It's, um, it's a very unique approach. So I'm, I mean, I just, I'm, I'm really excited to see where you guys take this, especially with everything that you're doing. Um, another thing you guys are doing is you got some gamification going on. There's eight different levels. Can you talk about this? Can you walk through them? Yeah. So they start, um, you know, so the, the, the gamification really, it's a, that's a, it's an interesting word that gets thrown around and I think it has positive and negative connotations, right? For us, for us, gamification is just about making it fun. Um, and so, yeah, we have eight levels. Um, we go beginner all the way up to world-class. Um, and they're really, what we do is we look at, so let's just, let's just start with a, a power interval. Um, we have 12 of those power intervals. Uh, they go from 15 seconds to 60 minutes. So let's just take, you know, 10 minute, um, 10 minute power, right? Um, we go look at what is world-class in 10 minute power. Um, and we can look at that. Sometimes there's race results. There's a ton of data out there. Um, and we can say, okay, this is, you know, this is what the best in the world can do in 10 minutes. Then we build kind of age and degradation models, right? So that's what's best in the world. But guess what? If you're, you know, I'm 47, right? So should I even be able to do what's best in the world? It's probably done by someone who's 22 or 25. No, but there's, I can still be world-class in my age group, right? I can still be world-class. I, I can't be, but potentially I could be, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I beat you to, Christian was about to chime in. I'm like, he's going to come, you know? Um, so, so, you know, and a lot of this is also based on, you know, another one of the kind of early thesis in this is, is, you know, leaderboards are awesome, but leaderboards are challenged, right? As leaderboards get bigger, you know, I can go do a Peloton ride and it's like, congratulations, you're, you know, 4,562 out of 22,468. Like that, that doesn't, you know, maybe that helps me. And I, and anyone who does Peloton or these things, you kind of know like, oh, well, I want to be in the top, you know, 2% of leaderboard or 10%. People have their targets because they know kind of where they sit. But what really matters if your goal is improving is how am I doing? How am I doing versus myself? And then how am I doing versus people like me? Right. Because, and it's, and I think it gets really interesting, you know, again, another one of the things that, that's shifting. So I'm, I'm Gen X. Um, you know, my parents' generation stopped working out in high school, right? I mean, that was pretty much it, maybe college, right? But, but now you're seeing, and you will, and you will forever future forward see people in their thirties and forties enter into their forties and fifties and sixties with years, if not decades of data, wanting to continue to do what they do, right? Like Christian and I both ride, you know, we're both in our forties. We ride with, we get our butts kicked by guys in their twenties and thirties. And we go ride with guys in their sixties and seventies right and women in their 60s and 70s this is what people do right and they still want to improve like i I ride with buddies that are in their 60s and they're not just 
They want to know how they're doing, right? Um, so, you know, we have benchmarks for what is national class power in 15 minute, you know, in 20 minute power for men's men, 60 to 65 women, 45 to 50. Um, and I think that gets really interesting over time. And we're seeing that from our customers that they're like, okay, I actually have something I can, I have a game I can play that's, that's actually meaningful for me. Yeah. And, and that's, you teams, guys talk a lot about, sorry. Yeah. And the teams, of course, Jordan, if you want to bring through a, having 10 riders. So we have teams and again, what Jordan said earlier, if you want something that's more social, that there's Strava for that. But in the team, and really, I only, I have a few people that I really want to compare myself or be compared with that I really know and want to even see. So having 10 or less riders together with you, when you can compare yourself, even have a challenge yourself, like who could have the best percentage gain over this next month and 10 minute power, 20 minute, things like that. And percentage gain, if I go against my father who rides an e-bike <laughs> most times, he could probably still beat me because, you know, my max power is pretty high right now for a 10 minute power, but his is he's, he can easily beat me because he's going to just train for a month or so. and He's going to crush me. So those kind of things are, are pretty fun to be able to eavesdrop on somebody's progress and really just mm-hmm. kind of kick your butt to get out the door as well. Well, there's that like motivation piece, right? I mean, you got what it. I think is really cool is you guys have it built, I guess, first and foremost, it's, it's this you versus you premise, right? Like, what are you doing? What's going on? But if you want to go down to another layer and say, well, how do I compare against people like me? Or what is this 10, you know, of these 10 people that I'm close with, am I kicking his butt or am I not, right? So it's, I feel like there's layers in there. But again, the, the, the overall, the biggest premise is it's like your own personal dashboard to you versus you. I think you, that's, you got it. I think that's very unique. Yeah, yeah and it's quite I personal like that. in that regard, for sure. Because it, it truly is you. And like the leaderboard, like I, I truly cannot, barely get into the top percent, 10% on my own rides on Peloton, the ones that I've coached. I mean, so they're like, well, okay, wait a second. Here. You know, I'm like, you have 700 thought of my ride. Like, how is that possible? So yes, the leaderboards sometimes are definitely skewed. You have, you have like Jordan, for example, he's got a Peloton that's a, a feel good Peloton, right? His, let's, his numbers let's not, are, dude, come on. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, there, there is a rumor, John, that my Peloton is maybe... 10% high on the power numbers it puts out, but that has not been verified and I'm never getting a new Peloton. Verified rumor. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. But, but, oh, I, you know, Chris, but, you know, John Christian brought up, brought up a good point, right? Which is, um, you know, the, the data matters. You want to look at it, but you want to do it in a way that's personal to you. And, and leaderboards, you know, so like Peloton's a great example, right? Um, you know, I'm 185 pounds my wife is 115 pounds, right? So she is never going to rank high on a Peloton leaderboard, right? And she gets frustrated because she's like, oh my God, so-and-so's kicking my butt, but like I drop him when I bike all the time, right? Because it's just raw power, right? And so, yep. and again, every game has, has its rules and things like that. So what we're, what we're really looking at is how can we take all these different things that people are doing, indoor riding, outdoor riding, Pelotons, Lyft, right? Whatever you're doing um, and just normalize that into one game, right? That you can play mm-hmm. over and over and over. Yeah. I love it. Uh, when you talk about is this you versus you concept more, one of the things you're doing when you get data, is there some analysis that's going on that is going to give you some of your strengths and weaknesses? Like you're either a sprint attack climb. Talk about that. How is that process happening and, and how are you categorizing those people? Yeah, I mean, it's pre- that stuff's actually, it's, it's fairly simple, right? Once we have your power, 
um, we score you across the different power skills and the different um, rankings, right, based on your power to weight for each of those different skills. Um, then we really just group it, right? So we group your, your sprinting in the shorter time period um, of those 12 power skills, you're attacking in the mid range, and then you're climbing in the longer ones. Um, and then, the, you know, the, the kind of like statement of like, hey, John, you're a climber uh, is really just picking which one you're the strongest in. Right. And, and what's and what's interesting in that is that sometimes it's real and sometimes it's it's um, because of some environmental factors, which I'll talk about in a second, which give us an opportunity. Right. So, you know, what's what's really so the sprinting one is interesting. Right. Because um, a lot not as many people come in as a, you know, quote unquote sprinter. But that's more because how often do a lot of people go as hard as they can for 15 seconds or two minutes, right? It's not something you normally do. Um, but what's fun there is that people come on board and they're like, oh, I didn't know I could go do a, a one minute. I never tried that, right? Never even, didn't even know what was possible. Um, and so now they can go play with those numbers and play with that level. And, and it really does start to make it, you know, our, our goal is to, to educate and help you improve. And, and then what you start to see is people just kind of rounding out their cycling skills, right? Um, so, you know, we've had people read out and be like, why do I care about sprinting? You know, I'm never going to be in a race, you know, and I've, I've responded to a couple, you know, folks who emailed us directly and said, well, have you ever, you know, tried to beat a friend up to the top of a climb? They're like, well, yeah, all the time I do that. And it's like, well, great. At the end of it, what did you do? They're like, well, I sprinted. Um, right. And so it's just about, <laughs> um, and so, you know, it's just about making people aware of what their strength, what strengths and weaknesses, bringing insight into that data. And then the fun part is like, Hey, here's a challenge. Um, you're two Watts away from, you know, leveling up, uh, and that, that seeing people respond to that and kind of, you know, the other, the other phrase that we keep using is that, you know, you're stronger than you think. Um, and Christian actually kind of brought that into this just from his, you know, experience in watching people train and what they do and just realizing that like most people are stronger than they think. They just don't know how to focus and, and, and put the right effort in at the right time. Uh, and that makes a lot of sense. I mean, there's, it's funny, you, you know, I'm a, I'm a big skier in the winter. I, you know, ride bikes and stuff like that. And there's, I, I, I in skiing, I've, I've always kind of kept up with, I used to be a ski instructor and coach, and coach years ago. And so I've kept up with all the education stuff requirements in the United States. And I recently went out and I took like a, a freestyle certification and I'm not like a park rat. I never have been. I mean, I can, I can get around, but what it does is it just gives you sort of this, this wider knowledge and this broader thing that you can kind of access. So it's cool. Cause you're saying like people on a bike, like sprinting is something that is important that makes you a better, well-rounded cyclist, right? So having people sort of get into that and access that and knowing that that's a, that's a pretty cool way to, yeah. to do that. I like that a lot. And the other thing it unlocks is, you know, progress is fun for people who care about performance. You know, it's fun to see progress. It's fun to see, you know, so if you can take something that maybe you've never even done, right. I've never tried sprinting. Right. Well then guess what? Like, you know, it's kind of Christian's point where it's like, you know, for Christian to have a 5% improvement on something, you know, it's probably going to take some effort. Right. Um, but for a lot of people coming on where they've never sprinted, well, guess what? Like they can go level up a ton and, and that's just, I mean, progress is fun and that's a positive cycle that people get on. And so if we can help find places in that, you know, little gaps, places where maybe you haven't pulled efforts and, and we can do it over time. So we look at both your all-time PR and then we look at your trailing eight-week PR and that trailing eight-week PR is kind of an indication of your fitness, right? Like are you getting more recent PRs? Because you may not get, you know, um, you know, the all-time PR you know, and I'll just, I'll fall on the sword on this one before Christian throws me under the bus. Like my all time PRs are from a summer ride a couple years ago 
on my Peloton where Christian's going to argue that it was hotter, so there's something that happens to the power sensor. Like, I hit some, you know, the, the numbers are big. They feel really good, right? But I, I doubt I'm ever going to hit them again. Um, but we can look at those eight-week PRs and be like, hey, you're progressing. And so if we can just help people find gaps and find ways to, to push, um, again, that, that, and we can make that, we, if we can make the experience in that fun, then they see progress, and that's the most fun. Yeah, and that kind of goes hand in hand with the leaderboard, right? So you, you think of that pace in point, my PRs is even 10 times worse than that. You know, like I'm never going to do 6.5 watts per kilo ever again. It's just not going to happen. I would have to cut off a leg to get my weight down, and it's, like, there's, it's just not going to happen. So comparing yourself to those old PRs is not fair to yourself either. So having that eight-week and having that snapshot of where you are today, if you haven't ridden your bike all winter, for example, and you're, you live in the mountains like you guys do, you're not going to be that fit. So just knowing, okay, this is what we have to work with today and just try to get better for where you are right now. Don't worry about what happened last July or five Julys ago when you were absolutely flying or used to race for that matter. Work on what you have today and just get better step by step. And again, it goes right back to you versus you. I love that because, you know, there's this there's this component of, of leaderboards and stuff like that. You're taking this snapshot is kind of where life is. I, I, we, My wife and I just had a, our first boy. He's just turned one year old and we're both still very active and, and we still take fitness as a, a very high priority in our lives. Um, but there, there is, there is a change, right? And so if I think of like my most optimal time from a fitness perspective, I was probably single or newly dating and had, you know, a ton of time, right? I'm still in great shape, but comparatively, is it fair to compare? And if you're looking at those old stats, there's something about it that is almost demotivating. Exactly. As opposed to motivating, right? So you, your your aim here with this eight-week cycle is to just motivate people to wake up and look and be like, I'm doing good. This is what I'm going to do today. And let's keep going. Versus, oh, I'm never going to get there again, right? That's a, that's, a, that's a very cool psychological move with that eight-week snapshot. I yeah. Like and, and our I'm goal... Not- yeah, so we start, sorry, I'm not saying you could never get back there again, but just don't day one. Let's not compare it to the best that you've ever been. Yeah, <laughs> that's just not maybe fair. You'll, maybe you'll be better, right? Maybe exactly, you'll be better. But but in order to get there, it's those small incremental steps that we're changing the habit, we're changing the behavior of the human, and we're motivating them as opposed to demotivating them, saying like, "Hey, I guess you used to be here." Uh, and you're not there now. So it's like, hey, we'll, we'll get you. I love that. It's a very cool strategy. You know, what was super motivating for me that I hadn't even thought about um, was when we moved, right? So we'd been in the Bay Area for 10 years. And to your point, John, like my early, you know, I, I kind of joked that I was always chasing 2009 Strava, Jordan, right? Because yep. um, I was, to your point, I was single, um, had a ton of time, was riding, you know, more than, you know, just riding all the time, right? I was super fast, was doing some races, and so, you know, living in that same area, I'd go around and I'm like, you know, I, I, I did this, honestly, like two months ago, I went back to the area for some meetings and I was feeling good. I got altitude lungs now because I live at altitude and I just punched it on a climb and I was two minutes off an eight minute PR. Um, I mean, I was really far behind, you know what I mean? Like there was no, I was like, you know, getting up there, I'm like, I feel like, uh, is that right? Is the satellite it's only an eight minute climb how am i two no that there was a headwind i know there was i, I mean it was I don't i'm not exaggerating i'm not exaggerating i mean i remember going up there and looking down halfway up be like i'm not gonna look at this clock until halfway up i'm just gonna punch it and i look down like that's there's not enough trees to say that it's not getting satellite coverage here something else has to be up um and then we moved but then so we moved right and all of a sudden i'm in a new area and like i was getting prs left and right and i got really fit my first summer here 
because that's motiv- like motivating. Success is motivating, right? Um, progress is motivating, right? Whether or not I was in the same shape I was in in 2009 or not, it was really fun to go out on rides and just start knocking down PRs almost every time. Um, and so that's what we're trying to, to, to create for people is, you know, not, not fabricating it and making it up. It's, this is not about, you know, the blue ribbon that everybody gets um, for participation, right? But It's at any filtered given, honesty. Sorry? You know, it's, it's a filtered, it's honest, but it's filtered, right? Yeah, and you're it's, filtering it because you're, it's, it's a motivating piece. Yeah. Exactly. I love it. Let's talk a little bit, just some general stuff. So you guys, what's the pricing structure? How's it work? Someone wants to be a part of it. Free trial. We, we give you a month to try it out and then it's four bucks a month. Wow. That's very fair. Super, we think so. Yeah. Um, uh, currently it's available in iOS. Do you have iOS for Android? We have plans for uh, Android and web, yeah, coming later this year. Beautiful. And then you also, sounds like you're hiring. I know uh, if maybe our listeners, because everyone's a cyclist, I'm, just, I'm assuming you like that, that type of culture. So are you guys currently hiring? We are hiring, yeah. We're, not, we're, we're eight people t- team right now. We've got another engineering role open. Um, so yeah, if there's any, any full stack engineers listening, we love it. Um, you know, it's not a requirement that you're a cyclist or into it, but but we love that. We love having that combination. You know, I think for, well, I've worked on a bunch of startups and, and I can honestly say, um, this is, I love this team and everyone on this team is, uh, you know, on different levels, super passionate about what we're doing. All right. If there's a full stack engineer out there that's questioning their day job or whatever else, give these guys a call. Sounds pretty cool. Uh, and then what, where can people learn more about the app? You guys got a webpage, uh, Breakaway dot, breakaway dot app, breakaway.app is the, the website. You can, you can click to download the app there, learn a little bit more about us. Uh, you can reach out and contact us. Um, Jordan at breakaway.app or Christian. Sorry, Christian, give your email out. Christian at breakaway.app if you got questions for us. Okay, cool. And then we go to our final question, which is the wallpoint question. We ask this to every guest. It's kind of like our, it's not really a measuring stick, but we just want to know how, how it performs. So basically we look at it like, an athlete is a, they have their, their sort of average fitness. You know, they're not their 2009 Strava Jordan. They're maybe their, you know, <laughs> current Jordan. Uh, they get a 300 watt FTP and they download the breakaway and they start following your recommendations and they f- start going after this. How many watts, let's say, let's give them a year. Do you think you can add to someone's FTP um, based on using the breakaway? So I'm going to follow up with you after this because we're actually starting to calculate this for users that have been with us for a while now, right? Because we can actually see it. Yep. Um, but I'm going to go, and I want to hear Christian's number on this. Christian, your number on this too. My number would be uh, in a year, I think yep. we can take that FTP from 300 to 330. 10%. Lots. Love it. Christian, what do you got for me? Man, I, how much time do we have? Oh no! It's, I mean, it's. Uh, I, think, I think it all, all comes down to motivation and really what they've done in the past. If that's already been the, the, a lifelong goal, just to get to three hundred, I'm I'm taking that three thirty down a little bit. But no, I I don't see for the average user that we see coming onto this and and truly using it and try, trying to get better. I think that Jordan's number is pretty darn good. I mean, that is a pretty big, yeah, ten percent. That that's a pretty massive improvement. And so it kind of scares me saying that much that high, but that said, I mean, if you are actually training two or three times, truly going out there and pushing yourself a a week, you're going to get better. And that's truly the biggest premise of this. Just give me a couple days a week where you push yourself farther than you've done in the past and you're going to get better. 
Yeah, and I'll, I'll caveat that too, John. I mean, you know, listen, if, if that if that average user is a, you know, Cat 3 racer, been training, been doing all this stuff, like, no, we're probably not jumping that up 10%, right? But but if it truly is someone who's like, you know, rides a lot, hasn't really dug into power training, but has kind of done some things here and there, maybe signed up for a Fondo this summer, then like, yeah, I think we can, and again, like Christian said, like if they're motivated and, and want to put those efforts in, I think we can, I think we can do that. But I will follow up um offline after because we are we are starting to calculate that for our for our users yeah i'd love that please do uh please do let me know after but anyway listen guys i mean this has been a really great episode fun i mean i love learning more about what you're doing uh and the more i hear about it the more i like it i think you guys are doing something cool Uh, i see some success for you guys for sure so congrats on that and appreciate uh, it yeah thanks for thanks for for jumping on yeah thanks john enjoyed it thanks for listening to faster if you enjoyed this episode please share it leave a review, or teach a friend what you learned today. For more great episodes on getting faster, subscribe to this podcast. While you're on your next ride, be kind to one another and ride safe.